0: No Bull, powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris Crespin and Simone.
1: And welcome in. Friday edition of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. The perks of Sean Crespin needing to go make a smoothie before the show. We <laughs> allow the little wiggle room there for some breaking news to get in before we hit the record button. So, Sean, thanks what for happened? taking the time to go get the smoothie there before the show started we got a big major trade the way, in the national football league yeah what's in this movie, movie. we got a,
0: we have a lemon protein powder okay, Not that's lemon. a good I, start. I, I lied to you vanilla protein powder now, those are two very different
1: flavors i don't know how you use those two vanilla but okay here protein. We go.
0: vanilla protein powder blackberries blueberries some ice wow some water delicious
1: it does. It lo- looks delicious. So I'm glad you're enjoying that here before the show. But do you, you needing to run to, to do that before we started the show has allowed us to get our top story and potentially something that we're going to talk about for the entire In the Lead segment. So, Sean, let's waste a little time. Let's tell everybody what is in the lead. This is the one they're talking about. We have a trade in the National Football League Say what? involving a top five pick in the National Football League draft next month. And it involves a team that is in the NFC West. The San Francisco 49ers, John Lynch called up the Miami Dolphins and said, hey, let's make a deal. And a deal was made. The Dolphins are trading the number three overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers. They are getting back pick number 12, a third round pick in 2021. So a third round pick in this year's draft and first round picks in each of the next two seasons. So a 2022 first. And a 2023 for Sean. Hang on, Schubert. You didn't,
0: you didn't say where Jimmy
1: G's going. Well, I was just going to say Jimmy Garoppolo may want to start hiring a moving company. He may want to have his stuff packed away in boxes, even though Schefter says that there is no plan at this time for Jimmy Garoppolo to be traded. You do not make this kind of trade. And give up this kind of package, multiple firsts, three firsts in total. You, you swap this year's first, but you two other firsts and a third. You do not make this move to trade up inside the top five, number three in the draft, unless you are taking your quarterback of the future, your franchise quarterback. Well, and you must. San Francisco has squarely put themselves in the mix here for one of these quarterbacks at the top of the draft.
0: And that's and thank you for with the way you just worded that. One of these quarterbacks at the top of the draft. That's a heck of a haul to give up to get to number three. Yes. Do you know what? And do you know what I mean by that? Like you don't get the pick of the litter. You get whatever is left at three. And so well, you left you're going to get a choice of two, right? I mean, everybody thinks that there are four quarterbacks that are in the conversation
1: for the top portion of the draft, right? So you're going to have an option of two of them. Because we all know Trevor Lawrence is going one. So you're going to have your choice of two of the following three. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Those are the three names. Two of them are going to be available when you're on the clock at three. So 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 if you feel comfortable with all three of those guys, then you make this move. All three. Now, to me, what this does, and I'll spin it here to my team, the team that I'm a fan of. If I'm the New York Jets and I am maybe comfortable with Sam Darnold, I don't like that idea, but let's play for a second that you, you are comfortable with Sam Darnold. Well, now the team directly behind you in the draft we know, everybody knows they're taking a quarterback. Carolina, Denver, you got to get in front of them now. You want to come up to two? It's going to cost a lot more now.
0: The price just went up. Well, on that's, what I was, number two. that's what I was going to get at with the whole 49ers deal. You must be very comfortable with all three. Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one. We know that. But all three, as you mentioned, you must be extremely comfortable with them because you're, you're not going to get to pick who you get at that point. That's a heck of a haul to give up for uncertainty. You must really think all three are solid, and then and then you better also play it close to the vest in terms of who your number one choice is because of what you just said. You also left wiggle room for somebody else to leapfrog you. Well,
1: and so, and don't you and don't you think San Francisco, if they were going to make a move up inside the top five, that they didn't call the New York Jets? Did the Jets say uninterested? We're staying at two. We're taking a quarterback. Right, right. I mean, don't 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 you think they could have made a similar offer to move up to two? Probably did. Probably did make that phone call. Joe Douglas, who, by the way, is at is Zach Wilson's Pro Day right now as we're recording this show, probably said, no, thank you. We're staying at two. This is massive. Jimmy G, you got to make the assumption that he's on the trade market. New England's going to, you know, those rumors are going to recycle and resurface once again. But, Sean, for the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers are probably adding a quarterback who, by the, at least the midway point of the season, is going to be their starting quarterback.
0: This shakes up the NFC West a lot. 12... A three and future ones with an S next to it. Ones, as in more than one. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to give up to move up to number three. If you're the 49ers. And, and by the way, Miami still picks at 12. They pick at 18.
1: And then, and then they have two first each of the next two seasons. They're doing pretty well with what they're doing. And oh, by the way, Tua Tungavalo is their quarterback. I going to say season. sold on Tua. Or
0: at but, least for another yeah,
1: year. But, oh, yeah. But, but more importantly... You have the draft capital next year. Maybe Russell Wilson changes the teams on his list. I got more draft capital to potentially make that move. I got more draft capital if I need to move up to get a guy that I really like in the 2022 or 2023 draft. Got to have options. You want to have flexibility. The Dolphins have done that. So they give, they're give. they going to give Tua a, a good roster, a team that won 10 games last year, an opportunity uh, to try to make the playoffs, try to win games. But if not, they have a lot of draft capital Do to you be trade able to, Jimmy to maneuver G? out in this situation. Absolutely. Here's
0: Here's the other thing. This 49ers team, when healthy, they can compete for an NFC West title. This 49ers team, when healthy, can make a run at it in the NFC. They did it just a few years ago with Jimmy G. They so can. do you So do you trade Jimmy G now and roll with a rookie quarterback next year when you have a team that can compete right now? I don't you know do if you, you think- do.
1: I mean... You- I can see a scenario where they don't trade Jimmy G and he's their bridge quarterback yeah. for you know, a couple of weeks of the season and then they hand the ball over to Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson whichever one of those guys ultimately ends up in a, in a 49er uniform but Sean, we are in agreement here that you don't make this trade unless you're taking the quarterback so the Jimmy G era has an expiration
0: date now in San Francisco it has an expedited expiration date unless maybe they're just you know trading up to get a left tackle for Jimmy G you never know Sean, I don't think they're going to trade all of that to go up and get Penny Sewell. Get the kid out of Oregon, you know?
1: No, Penny Sewell, I I do do not believe, (laughs) is is, is, is what this move is
0: for. All right. But
1: so there you you go. There's an expiration date on Jimmy G. It's either before the season starts or it's at the end of this next season. Because you're taking this quarterback.
0: You're not going to sit him for two seasons. You may sit him for a half a season. I just can't imagine having a team that I feel can compete. Like, if I'm a 49er fan right now, I'm going into this year going, you know what? We're going to run it back. We're going to be healthy this year. Kittle's not going to miss the majority of the year. Bosa's not going to miss the majority of the year. We're going to run it back healthy. We're going, to, we're going to have an opportunity to win this division next year. Oh, we're going to try and do it with a rookie quarterback. That'd piss me off if I'm a 49er fan. I may not love Jimmy G, but I do know that Jimmy G got me, was a part of a team that wound up in a Super Bowl. I'm not going to say Jimmy G got me to a Super Bowl. I hate when people put it all on the quarterback when everything else is going around it, but Jimmy G was a part of a team that got you to a Super Bowl, had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter as a matter of fact. Of that Super Bowl. If I'm a 49er fan. I don't know how I feel right now. I really don't. Major this
1: is this is the, the, this has major ramifications for the NFC West, for the top of the draft, for the AFC East with the Dolphins. This is a this is a blockbuster. And to have a blockbuster in the NFL draft happen over a month out from the draft. Normally, you see these kind of trades on draft night.
0: Hey, you know this trade happens over a month out. You know what else is another wrinkle to this? Hey, Houston, that could have been your package. Well, yeah, I mean that's yeah, <laughs>
1: and, and 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 there's a reason why that that's not even you know yeah, being discussed at the moment. There, there's there's a lot Houston, else going on. That there could have that, been
0: your package. Nope, it's Miami.
1: Yeah, and that's because they, you know, they traded that pick away for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. So yeah, the Houston, you know, they're dealing with a lot right now. Then it's not their chance of potentially getting back into the top five to draft their future quarterback in a potential Deshaun Watson trade. That's gone kind of out the window at this point. Uh, you know, I think the air has been let out of, of that balloon. But now, Sean, this this shakes up a lot. I don't know if it's easy for Denver or Carolina to move up now if they want a quarterback. I don't think it's easy uh, to be able to do that. So the, the, the price to move up to two, the price to move up to four, I think just got a lot more expensive because now we know that there's a quarterback needy team that made their way up
0: well, into if, uh, into the top five. I mean, four, if there's a trade to four, because Atlanta's sitting at four and a lot of people have them taking a quarterback. I don't see They're that. They're not doing that.
1: They're not. They just restructure Matt Ryan's contract for for to, to put them in a, a worse cap situation for
0: next season. And I not be like, able to get out
1: of that money next year.
0: I feel like you're Denver and you feel like you need to get a quarterback this year, you'd be willing to go to four. Heck if you if there's one of the four if there's one of the four quarterbacks that we all feel are gonna go in the top ten that you love I mean they've been discussed as being a player in, in a Deshaun Watson trade. So clearly they're 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 okay with parting with a with a package similar to what the 49ers Shh. just did. So do they try to sure. they call up your Jets? Try to make there's that.
1: There's there's a risk. There's a risk in trying to get the four, right? Because then you're you're left with whatever's left over. Which is floor. why I that said it would
0: be a trade on draft night as things unfold.
1: You know right, I mean? and, and if a guy that you like is still there at four, then you Correct. move up. But that's Correct. that's the interesting wrinkle to this for me, Sean, is that San Francisco moved up to three. They didn't get to two. Mm-hmm. They got to three. They're doing a little bit of rolling of the dice that the guy that they like, the guy that they have number one on their big board, gets to them at three. So it, it's a roll of the dice. They're assuming that the Jets are either standing pat and taking a guy that they don't want, or they're trusting that the Jets are also going to try to trade out. of. And your boys
0: pro day is going on right now. It's going to – Sean, it's on the other screen. Which I means – I It is on the other screen. Which means they may not – that may not be the guy that impressed them enough to be on the phones the last few days if they hadn't even seen his pro day yet, being Wilson. It's true. You know what I mean? This is fascinating. This is fascinating. It's a blockbuster. This is a game somebody Im- in the somebody, National Football League. Somebody – and we don't have a combine this year. Somebody impressed the 49ers enough at the quarterback position – that they were willing to make this move and it was before Zach's pro day. So now, John Lynch it? is there.
1: He is there, but you are correct that they they made this move before looking at the pro day. So they were either completely set on Zach Wilson being their guy and they're hoping he gets to 3 or to your point, they feel comfortable enough with multiple options that whoever gets to 3. So which of the other two was it? My gut says Justin Fields. I agree. That's what my gut. That's what my gut tells me. Nope. Though it's more than likely that he's going to be there. A big body kid. Although, although, in Trying fairness, to your point, to your point, you can. You you can take Trey Lance and hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. run it with Jimmy Garoppolo this year, and then if it doesn't work, you have your quarterback just, of the future. You can Trey go that Lance, direction. We
0: don't have the sample size with Trey Lance, right? But man, three hundred something passes. But in his when you career. when you watch him, just watch him. You know, it's, he passes yeah. the get off the bus test, right? Like there's always like I remember, I'll always remember this first time I was working with the Sun Devil Radio Network and we went and played USC, and uh, I was standing on the field before the game with Derek Hagan, just chatting up, looking at both teams, and you'd look at ASU. Stretching and warming up over here, and you look over there and you look at USC stretching and warming up, and you just went, "No way, we're not winning this game!" Before they even kicked off, they they, you know, they get off the bus test. USC was a better football team getting off the bus just with the eyes. Trey Lance, a when bigger, you
1: play, more athletic football. Team. Trey
0: Lance, when you look at him, God, has he passed the eye test? Yeah, he's, he he's, he's, he's winning, getting off. He's winning, getting off the bus. Big, strong arm is. I mean, just just a cannon. I, I, he passed. I had, had so many other things tests, for in the league, but but we don't have a sample size for him. I, I so mean, we'll I see. had
1: all these other things for in the league that I wanted to. So get what do you got? Let's get into just, them. What do you got? It's a I, podcast. I mean, we I mean, do where the hell we look. want. Well, the the NBA trade deadline came and went. Suns didn't do anything. All right, cool. They, they, st- they ne- stood yep. pat. Next topic. So I mean, so I got nothing there for you. Right, next. Uh, Colt McCoy going to visit the Arizona Cardinals. Hey,
0: I like that. They're probably going to be the backup quarterback. So you're telling me that a quarterback behind Kyler Murray, who has taken an NFL snap before crazy concept i kind of like this Steve. time maybe They're make it happen that'd be, that'd be a good thing yeah. to have and, maybe and, and in like the, week 17 when you're playing at division rival for a playoff spot that would be right. awesome it's to season have season
1: on the line mm-hmm. yeah it would be it would be nice to have uh and the expectation at least from adam schefter who, who's been pretty busy over the last 24 hours uh he said the expectation is that when colt mccoy does visit the cardinals which apparently is supposed to be next week yep. the expectation is that a deal is going to get done yep. so not not official official but certainly trending uh very strongly in that direction sean one more nfl news and notes uh, that I want to I pass along. Leonard Fournette re-signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They basically they looked at the list of free agents, and they were like, all right, you can come back. We'll bring you back. We'll bring you back. We'll bring you back. And, and there's nobody left on the list, Sean. Nobody's left. They brought everybody back.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, we had Kevin Minter on the radio show a couple weeks ago, uh, Buccaneer, and uh, it was the day that Brady restructured. So I was joking around. I was like, hey, Brady restructured, so you can come back this year to a free agent. He goes, actually, I'm signing tonight. He goes, everybody wants to come back. He told, us a few, he told us that two weeks ago, everybody wants to come back. And, that, and there was plenty of money on the table, for especially for some of the bigger names out there that they could have taken to go somewhere else. But every, at, at, at the culture they're building there, B.A. has always been a player's guy, right? People love playing for B.A. And from what, what people say about Tom Brady, same thing. You know, I asked Kevin, I was like, what's it like? He said, you know, Tom just always wants to be one of the guys. He doesn't want to be Tom Brady. He just wants to be one of the guys. They're building something that... It sucks. They're going to be so good again next year. I hate it. I hate they're it. They're going to be good. to so be just, just as good. Just it. pencil them right, in right yeah. now. as NFC title jam. On paper, they are by far the best. Here's what you had going for you last year, because you and I talked about it a lot right here in the podcast, that the most talented team in the NFC was the Bucks. We were saying that even when they were... Struggling right. and, and people were thinking they you know, just they weren't were, consistent enough. They hadn't figured it out yet, you know. And Bruce, Arians, well, they figured it out. <laughs> Bruce Arians said it really finally clicked uh, after the bye week in Week 12, and yeah, since well, and they didn't lose the game from that moment on. Sean, I was just going to say they didn't lose after that point, and, so. it, and it was you know. So what you had going for you last year is that they hadn't put it together yet. Well, now it's been put together, and they're bringing the entire damn squad back. So if they're not your NFC favorite next year, I don't know who I don't know who the hell it would be. Right, because on paper
1: they're putting together the same roster that just ended the year as Super Bowl champions. I think it would be foolish to not immediately put them as your favorites in the NFC. Now, things happen. Teams overperform. Injuries happen.
0: There are things that could happen
1: during the year that changes things. But I think Matt, it's foolish to not pick takes,
0: Matt LaFleur takes Aaron Rodgers off the field for no reason on fourth down. I mean, a lot of things go into it.
1: There are a lot of things that go into it, Sean. Yes, I, I'm, I'm, thank you for bringing that up, that, that Matt LaFleur didn't keep his quarterback out there in probably the most important spot of the season.
0: Fourth down, I got a top three quarterback in the league. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and kick here. Got a
1: good kicker, though. Mason Crosby's a pretty good kicker. He'll go you know, take kick the this. points there. In the- yeah because that's it for in the lead again a crazy day here on a friday a major blockbuster trade in the national football league uh could change the landscape of the nfl draft i think certainly will change the landscape of the nfl draft the arizona cardinals they were busy yesterday changing the landscape of their cornerback room signing malcolm butler to a one-year deal does this show that the, the cardinals continue to move all those chips into the middle we'll talk about it next here on noble with chris crespin and simone
0: noble.com we couldn't do this show without Earnhardt auto center's and NoBull.com. Thousands of vehicles at your fingertips each and every day across their 17 brands, 21 different locations of Earnhardt Auto Centers, Noble.com is where you want to go. Since 1951, you know it's a family you can trust, it's a business you can trust. 5,894 is where the number just stopped at on NoBull.com, the amount of vehicles at your fingertips. And with the Noble Express option, one of those 5,894 vehicles could show up right at your front door today. You can test drive it for the day, feel it out, see if it's a vehicle for you, fill out the application right there online. They'll have the ride, whatever, maybe that wasn't the color for you. They'll bring you, whatever your ride is, when you finalize that purchase, they'll bring it right to your front door as well. It's the Noble Express option. It's the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and prices that just can't be beat. Right there at your fingertips, 24 hours a day at Noble.com. Earnhardt Auto Center, as I mentioned, a, a company, a business, a family you can trust since 1951. That ain't no bull.
1: The Arizona Cardinals have made their big splash in free agency in the cornerback department. Malcolm Butler on a one-year deal worth about three and a half I think three point two five million dollars I've seen a bunch of different numbers related to this contract but he is going to be your CB1 in that room for the Arizona Cardinals a man most noted for a big play that he had in State Farm Stadium if you remember uh, picked off Russell Wilson at the goal line they didn't hand it to Marshawn Lynch they threw the ball Malcolm Butler a guy picked it off won a Super Bowl for Tom Brady I don't know if you remember that Sean It's a pretty big moment uh, in Super Bowl history Uh, Malcolm Butler now going to play for the Arizona Cardinals they signed him on a one-year deal a older player, 30-plus player, adding to the, the kind of age veteran movement that the Cardinals have had this offseason. J.J. Watt, an older player. A.J. Green, an older player. Trading for Rodney Hudson, he's an older player. Sean, you add all these moves up, and it, I think it is clear as day. Steve Kime understands what the the goals and the aspirations are for this team, what the expectations are for this team this year, and he has taken all of his poker chips, and he has pushed them into the middle of the table, and he has gone all in with the hand that's in front of him. Is it a winning hand? Is it a hand that can lead them to the playoffs and and potentially a championship? I think that remains to be seen, but he has pushed all of the chips in the middle.
0: Yeah, they... It's a season we knew was going to be. It's going to be for Steve Kime and and Cliff Kingsbury. This is it, right? It's it's playoffs or bust for both of those guys. And and the moves they're making here in the off season are just proof of that. Um, 14 players are, are 30 years, 30 years old or older going into next year. They're definitely in win now mode. So the question is, are you ready to win now? You know, bringing in a Malcolm Butler is great. It makes you uh, calm down a little bit about that cornerback room, but there's still a lot of questions there. Got questions at running back, got questions at tight end. Um, you know, does J.J. Watt, what does he look like on the field? How much is left in the tank? Uh, A.J. Green, how much is left in the tank? I mean, there's a lot of questions here that still have to play out. They're clearly in win-now mode, but in your opinion, let's say those pieces I just mentioned do play out, do, do work out. Okay, Are they ready to win right now?
1: still think that the fourth best team in the I own do division.
0: too. And I, I well okay, we'll you have to see what happens with the 49ers. they roll with the rookie quarterback, I'm leaning towards the Cardinals. But well but, but right now Jimmy Garoppolo's right, still on the roster. Right. So and then I, and I, the Niners the are and I, get to... I still feel like they are too. You know, they, they do they have the potential to be a competitor in this division. Sure. Everything comes together. You know, sure. Kyler Murray mm-hmm. continues to make take steps forward as a quarterback in this league. Cliff Kingsbury continues to grow as a play caller in this league and as a head coach um Chandler Jones stays healthy and that pass rush continues to be ferocious. Okay. Sure. You know, plus you never know what can happen. Injuries to the other teams in the division. You never Look what happened to the 49ers last year. You just you never know. They is it possible for them to, for them to be a contender in the division? Sure. But on paper, if we're playing the paper Olympics right now, dude, I still I think I still have them third or fourth in the division, let alone the 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 conference, let alone the Buccaneers who we just talked about her. The Green Bay Packers who are rolling it back, you know, like so at that point, are you ready to truly about team, win
1: now? Right, but now we're talking about a team based on what we just said that if they are going to make the playoffs, it is going to be through a wild card berth. So let's play that out, because I think there is really only one team in the NFC South that'll get in. Right, The Bucks. I don't know if any of the other teams are close. we got to, to, to
0: see what the Saints are all about Yeah, without Drew Brees. I don't, right I don't
1: think that team's going to be very good next well, they, year. They, but, won, okay. they,
0: they, they won a lot of games without Drew Brees over, over the last two years. Yeah, but, but, but look at what
1: they had to do to their roster to get under the cap this year. True. It's a very different football team than it was a year ago. The NFC East, do, do we uh, assume that there's more than one team coming out of the NFC East? Because I think it's just Washington. Maybe Dallas if everything works out. That defense is still a question mark for me. The NFC North—it's just Green Bay. Detroit's rebuilding. You know they have Jared Goff for two seasons. Well, Chicago's going to be
0: in the mix again because that defense is going to keep them in football. They have a QB one, Andy Dalton. You know, so they got they got. They'll be in the mix because that defense is so legit. So, and I know they did have to let they did did have to let a few pieces go as well. But that defense is is solid. The Bears will be in the mix again. Here's the here's the thing: the Cardinals have going against them. Last year, the schedule and everything about it completely broke your way right we've talked about in the past here on this show the you know the list of quarterbacks you played last year you know Andy Dalton's first start for the Cowboys Joe Flacco's first start for your Jets uh Jalen Hurts second overall start Tua Tagovailoa's second overall start um CJ Beathard I mean go down the list like you played nobody last year nobody 80. and you couldn't get it done you played nobody last year you played Schedule the NFC East. A little East. different this year. You had the NFC East as you're on your rotation last year. You played nobody outside of your own division, and the 49ers were hurt both time. Well, the first time you played them was in the preseason, or first year, the first game of the year. But even then, they were short on the wide receivers. Either way, you played nobody last year. This year, you got the Rams, Seahawks, and for all intents and purposes, 49ers will be healthy. You got them. You got all three of those th- those those three teams twice, obviously. Your home slate, you got the Packers, you got the Vikings, you got the Colts. All three of those teams I think are going to be extremely competitive. You got the Panthers who beat you last year and always seem to play you you tough. You got the Texans at home. That's the one game I feel really really confident about. But then on the uh, on the road, obviously Rams, Seahawks and Niners, but you got the Bears, you got the Titans, you got an improved Cowboys team. We don't know what the Lions are going to look like now with new quarterback Stafford out. Uh, the Jags are going to have a new quarterback. We don't know what that's going to be about. Um, they're not going to be a good football team. But I mean, I look at three games really this uh, uh, next year's opponent schedule as we sit today. Lock and change with the Texans, the Lions, and the Jags that I think you're going to be favored in right now. And that's it. So I mean, I, I mean, how how competitive are you? Are you truly ready to win now? You brought in a lot of big names, a lot of headlines. You brought in a lot of headlines. But did you really bring did in a lot get of, better? Yes. Did you get better? Um, I, and did I you think, get better in comparison to the talent gap between you and the rest
1: of the teams in the NFC playoff correct. picture? And I think the answer to that is no right now. Correct. I really do. Well,
0: I, listen, in areas I think you truly improved. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about Rodney Hudson now since the trade happened. Heck, before the trade happened, when the Raiders were letting him go, I was pounding the table here on the podcast saying, dude, all in, every chip you have, you go get Rodney Hudson. That's an offensive game changer across the board. Not just the offensive line; the entire offense improved with Rodney Hudson. Uh, so that I think is, uh, yes, you improved there. But I got I got to see it more. I got to see, you know, I I got to see an offense that doesn't feel so one-dimensional. I got to see an offense that when you come in with a game plan and you get punched in the mouth, you got more than one out. You know, I got to see I got to see a coach that's able to come into a game with a game plan have it not necessarily be clicking and be able to pivot and go in a different direction. Haven't seen that in the last two years from Cliff Kingsbury. All we get are post-game interviews going, man, they had a good game plan. That's all we get. So until I see that kind of stuff, yeah, it's going to be hard for me to 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 say that, yes, the Arizona Cardinals are ready to win right now um, despite the fact that every move they've made is directed towards being a team that needs to win right now. Can I blow your mind, Sean? Please do.
1: There's another trade in the National Football League. What just happened? The Miami Dolphins. They didn't, they didn't hang on to number 12 for too long. They said, thanks, San Francisco. We appreciate you giving that to us. We're going to then take that pick. Philadelphia, how you doing? We would like to offer you 12 and a 2022 first next year. We would like to move up to number six in the draft. So now the new order for the NFL draft is San Francisco picking at three. Miami is picking at six. And... Philadelphia is picking at 12. And I will add to this, Sean, now, because of this trade, the Eagles have an extra first-round pick next year, and because of the Carson Wentz trade, they could ultimately end up with three first-round picks next, in next year's draft if that becomes a one.
0: Fra- Apparently, everybody was like, you know what? It's Friday. We'll get all this stuff out of the way before the weekend, and everybody's wheeling a deal. Right, who cares if the Arizona Cardinals are a winning team next year or not? So hang on. Say this again. <laughs> okay. So th- 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 we, we, we talked about it in the
1: lead. The, the Miami Dolphins gave three to San Francisco. They yes. got a first-round pick in 2022, 2023, and they also got 12. Well, they then took 12, and they took one of their 2022 first-round picks. I don't know if it was theirs or the pick they got from San Francisco, and they just kind of steered them in the direction of Philadelphia. They didn't even really get to Miami. They got rerouted, and they're going to Miami along with number 123 in this year's draft, and they are now going to be moving up to pick six, and they also got number 156. So, again – for just first round purposes, San Francisco's now picking at 3. Miami's now picking at 6 and Philadelphia is now picking at 12. There you go. I reshuffled the order there for you. Miami's bit. getting the tackle. Out of out of Oregon. Um Sewell. I don't know if he I don't know if he gets there. There's a team at number 5 who has to rebuild their entire offensive line. That too, uh, in Cincinnati, that's were, a problem. They were you, terrible last year. Joe Burrow got can destroyed. I, Can I put my mark out there? Can I call my shot here on a Friday? Yeah, where are they going at six? Kyle Pitts is going to look really good in a Miami Dolphins
0: uniform. Some feel the best wide receiver in the draft, though he plays tight end.
1: Going to look really good in a Dolphins uniform there at pick number six. Also, can I add this reporting to the mix here? Yes, please. Because I want to just throw this out there for Ian Rappaport. The Eagles tried to trade up to number three. But they would only do it for Zach Wilson, Source said. Instead, they back out, get an extra first-rounder, and continue to build. What do the Eagles know about where Zach Wilson's going to go in the National Football League
0: draft? I already told you. The 49ers were willing to move up to three without having seen Zach Wilson's pro day.
1: This feels like
0: Trey Lance, and they're
1: going to let Trey Lance sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what this is starting to feel like the more I talk about it out loud.
0: But Philadelphia, this is, this is but, fun. What a fun Friday! But hang on, let's talk about Philadelphia and the, and the dysfunction going on there. So you, you I don't know you, if it's dysfunction. I like this move. No, let's go. No, 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 not not necessarily this move, but what you just read to me. So last year they they make they make the move to get hurts right though they have Carson Wentz. They ship Carson Wentz out. They signed a backup quarterback this week in Joe Flacco. And now they're going to move up for a quarterback again. Well, they, what, they were going to they, they were going but that's, to but move that's up what I'm but, right they were going to but, but the
1: guy just that signed, they want they don't think they just think signed he's Joe
0: Flacco they 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 drafted Jalen Hurts last year upended their entire season and you're going to and and you were in you were in the market to trade up and and go get another quarterback what does that say about Jalen Hurts you true you am saying like but they were they it? were willing to it, go they were willing to trade up to get another quarterback it just wasn't in the yes, cards they, for them so they—they. They, what does that say about Jalen Hurts, the dude who well, you essentially ran Carson Wentz out for? This is just complete dysfunction. Right. It's dysfunction, but there's
1: there's some salvage here because they could have three first round picks in next year's draft to be able to remedy the situation if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out. I think ultimately, Sean, this is actually the best case scenario for it people. is they didn't have they didn't have to trade up for a quarterback. They got to move back. They can get. They're still picking in a premier spot. Twelve's nothing to nothing to scoff at. They're going to get a very talented player there at six. That's going to be be able to help their team. They can run it with Jalen Hurts this year. If it doesn't work, they took Jalen Hurts in what the second, third round. It, they can just move on, and they have three first round picks to either take a quarterback if they if they draft highly enough, or if one of those picks is high. Or they can take those picks and package and try to move up to get a quarterback. So I think, despite to your point, the dysfunction
0: surrounding this team, they stumbled. Into they the put right themselves game. in a pretty good spot yeah, next they, year. They stumbled into the right situation because if that report is true that they were trying to move up to go get a quarterback, but it was only going to be, for, but it, it was only for Zach. Wilson. it was only going
1: to be for Zach Wilson. It's specific.
0: Doesn't okay?
1: Let's talk about this real quick. Doesn't that mean Zach Wilson's coming off the board at number two? Yeah, it does.
0: Because it does. if if if, or if they, you or they only wanted to move up. To, or they weren't comfortable making that move without any guarantees that he was going to be there. doesn't necessarily mean he is coming off at two. It just means they weren't able to get – they weren't – the Eagles but, weren't able to get a wait guarantee. A
1: but here's but here's what we do know. Let's look at the context goes here. We know San Francisco moved up to three. We know the Eagles were interested in moving up to three if it meant they could take Zach Wilson. Why did none of those teams go up to two? Is it because two's not available? Yeah, is it because is. Joe Douglas is leaving the phone on red because Zach Wilson's our guy and we're not moving? Yeah, so then where certainly is, sounds that way to me. There's a lot of smoke here for this. So then wow, where does makes me just over the moon thrill. So then wow. where does Darnold go? Well, right, because now here's the other part of this, right? Sam Darnold can't go to San Francisco now. No, not now. That's not going to happen unless Jimmy G moves. So there's
0: yeah, but they they moved up to take a quarterback. What do they want Sam for? For bridge, one year to be a backup? Bridge, no, they don't, they, no, they don't. Maybe Carolina, say, maybe. Well, then, then you guys need to get on the phone. And by you guys, for those who don't know, he's a Jets fan. You guys, Jets, seem to be on the phone with New England. Saying you don't want Jimmy G back. What you want is Sam Darnold. That's what you need to be on the front do,
1: do you see the smile on my face with the way today has played out? Like I am over the moon about the way this situation has played out for the New York Jets. Just beautiful. It is just setting up for Zach Wilson to be the picket too. And they'll let me down in some way, but but that's the direction <laughs> this is going. What a what a what a crazy day this has become. Uh, we we were in the pre show meeting trying to plan the show, getting everything ready for the show. And, and just two blockbuster NFL trades that we have were, completely we were planning on up. talking baseball for a segment, which we still can't. We can, but I, at this point, there's a lot of elements and layers to this that I still want to get into. Because Sean, this completely has reordered the way that, that, that the draft could. By the way, I think Miami could get the player that they were they were going to take at three at six now, and they got more draft capital out of it. Because if yeah. they take Kyle Pitts, they could have just
0: taken him at three. Yeah. They move back three spots. They're still going to be able to get him, and they're, they're going to be over the moon about it. Yeah, and they were they were they were clearly okay with staying with Tua, you know. So at three, yeah, they, if they had they stayed at three, if a trade didn't come to them. Uh, then more than likely they would have stayed with two and took like you said who that you know may, maybe it's Pitts, who knows uh, but they'll they'll probably be able to get him at six unless unless what I said you know before if they're hoping to get the tackle out of Oregon Sewell uh, it's going there's back a big roadblock in the way yeah, going, yeah is in the way Cincinnati at five yeah, Cincinnati is definitely is in the, in the, the way. way I mean they yeah, need they need a lot I, Cincinnati needs a lot but more the first thing first things first protect your app protect your investment. In uh, in Joe right. Burrow from and a year ago, who got absolutely just destroyed this year, that offensive line was hot garbage. He's got to go at five,
1: right? And you, and you know that this is kind of my area of expertise. I kind of work a little bit on this on the side. Um, but the the Bengals situation, they they took Jonah Williams, uh, was it last year, two years ago? They they can slide him inside to guard, and they can put Penny Sewell at the left tackle slot, and that's the left side of the line. That is a very attractive option for what they're trying to do in terms of protecting Joe Burrow. So that's a big thing to keep an eye on. They're not going to move out of five. I think they stay at five and take Penny Sewell. But to your, to 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 the point of what I think Miami really needs is they need options and weapons for Tua. Jalen Waddle's still going to be there at six. Kyle Pitts is probably going to be there in six. Unless Atlanta gets a little funky and takes Kyle Pitts at four for Arthur Smith's offense, I don't think that's the direction they'll go, but it's certainly a possibility. Sean, this is a very rare scenario where I think all three teams have done well here. I think San Francisco did well because they identified a guy that they love enough to move up and try to pick at 3. I think Miami <laughs> did well to do all of this and the Eagles stumbled into doing well. Uh, Sean, I think San Francisco's fine. If they don't I, trade Jimmy Garoppolo, I think
0: they've done they've done very well. I don't know. I I disagree with that. It's not I mean giving up a 12th. So let me let's throw this out there. You're giving up a 12th overall pick to move up to 3 to take a yes. guy you hope doesn't see the field this year. or or that to me doesn't make sense that, that to me doesn't not make sense at all and that's why I think Jimmy G is on his way out. I think the San Francisco I think the San Francisco 49ers end up picking at 15.
1: but you earlier in the show mentioned that you think that this team right now with Jimmy Garoppolo we because we've already I seen know. it can go to a Super Bowl yeah I so agree. they're not really it but they're not in the, they don't there's not a big need that they need to fill. They don't like. They didn't need to stay at twelve and pick X player for X position. They're, they're the, the, we feel that that roster. The only reason why they weren't good last year is because they weren't healthy. So they're, we think they're going to be healthy this year. They have the draft capital. They decided to move up to get a quarterback. This scenario can. If let's say it's Trey Lance, let's use Trey Lance as the example. Jimmy G can be the starter for the first couple weeks of the season until Trey Lance learns the offense, and then they pass it over to Trey Lance. And if Trey Lance is as good as San Francisco thinks he is to move up for him,
0: we're not going to bat an eye at the situation. And I'll tell you this. Kyle Shanahan's offense is run first, run first, run first. And he does want somebody who can get... That's the other thing to throw in there. Kyle Shanahan would love to have a quarterback that can get outside the pocket in that in that creative run scheme that they have and just create and more issues. all
1: three guys that will be available to them at that pick can do that. Zach ability? Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, all can do that. So, better than Jimmy Garoppolo. In, yes, much far. better.
0: Much better. Uh, so there's that. You know, I just I, – I, I I'm, I'm torn – and that's why I'm confused by the way the San Francisco 49ers went about this. You know, I, they're ready to win now. So hanging on to Jimmy G makes sense, but drafting a quarterback and not having a first-round pick this year to go draft a guy you hope never sees the field—I just it, none of it makes sense to me. I,
1: I, I'm confused maybe, by the move. But maybe they do want him to see the field. Maybe they love a guy so much that they do want that player to see the field. It could be all smoke and mirrors. We've reached this point. This is the point of the year where there's a lot of smoke, a lot of mirrors. You're, you're, you're throwing smoke screens up there. They mo- Here's what we do know, Sean. They moved up to take a quarterback. They are taking a quarterback with that pick. I hope they take that. Whether that quarterback plays in year one, <laughs> Penny, so they move up to take Penny. Yeah, they, so they take, all they'll they'll move draft. up to take a Waddle comes off the board at three. Right. Um, but th- 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 listen, I- I'm, I'm flabbergasted by what has occurred here today. Uh, big shakeups inside the the top fifteen right. of the so NFL it, draft.
0: If you want to hit your baseball topic, let's get to it. Let's you know, as uh, uh, more of this hopefully I mean, falls into place. But it's uh, yeah, more I mean, of this I, on
1: the Sunday show. Noble live yeah, on Sunday I can't wait on for Facebook it, for sure,
0: for sure. Jimmy G coming we'll up see, next. I, let me ask you this: Will Jimmy G still be a forty nine er when we do Sunday morning's show?
1: Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo will All still right. be a forty nine er when All Sunday right. show goes on the air. I okay. can't promise he will be. That's a 49er are gonna when leave the show this. Goes
0: off the air. That's where we're gonna leave but. this. More coming up on Sunday. Uh, next topic, please.
1: Yes. Coming up next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, we wrap up this edition of the program talking a little baseball. It is my opportunity to get angry at a story written by Tom Verducci. That's the tease. That's all you're getting. That's coming up next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Sean, I don't know why you do this to me. We, we, we're In the pre show, we're planning out, he goes, you're like, we should talk about baseball on the show today.
0: And... We stumbled upon this article
1: from the Tom actual Conversation from about a week ago.
0: Yeah, the actual conversation we're going to pull the curtain back is God, it sucks when your baseball team is just a mediocre middle of the pack squad because we're going into the season a week from now and we're, we're already struggling for topics outside of your ace. Being out for a few weeks, which is brutal. Glad you um, called him the ace. I'm glad you called I'm, him the I've ace. I've come that's around, Schubert. I've come around. That's a good to hear. But out, outside of that, there's really not a ton of storylines. It's There's nothing worse in this industry than when your team that you're covering is mediocre. Not good, not terrible, mediocre. Because it's like, well, okay, what do we talk about? So anyway, that's yeah, how I, we got on the baseball topic. And we stumbled across this story that just got you all kinds of out of control. So go, I'll let you go ahead and set it up.
1: So let me let me read you the headline of the story here. And we have a, there's, there's some quotes in here that we want to delve into as well. But this is from Tom Verducci about a week ago, a week or so ago. MLB can't wait any longer to fix its pace of play crisis. And it just feels like we've reached that point of the offseason where we have to drum this back up once again. We have to have this conversation once again. And Sean, you remember, what was it, a week or two ago on the show? We talked about the new rules. Uh, that they put in place for this season at the minor league level—the no shifts, the pitch clock, the, uh, the 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 not able to to pick off more than three times, all that kind of stuff—the extending of the bags, everything that they're trying to do to try to maybe spark the game a little bit—and I said to you then, and I will continue to re-echo that sentiment now, that a lot of these things don't change <clears throat> the inherent problems with major leagues, major league baseball's you know pace of play. The pace of play of baseball is what it is, in my opinion. There is not a whole lot to do with it. I do want to read you this quote, though, from this story from Tom Verducci, from just, quote, machine Scott Boris. Every time I can read a Scott Boris quote, I got to do it. So this is from agent Scott Boris in this Tom Verducci story on Sports Illustrated. Quote, fans want action. They want movement. The goal should be driven toward quality of play, not quantity. The greatest way to increase pace of game is to get rid of the shift, so that hitters can be rewarded for barrel management. There's so much swing and miss if they go to the plate and the only reward is the home run. We want athletic players. We don't want refrigerators at first base and second base. There, this says this, this Scott Boris being Scott Boris right there for mm-hmm.
0: you. Mm-hmm. I have I, I, so I, many I,
1: issues. I with somewhat this. agree,
0: and there's a lot more in this article that I want you to get to that I completely agree with. For instance, the amount of times a ball is put in play today opposed to just 10 years ago, to the amount of extra pitches we're seeing, to the length between pitches, the downtime between between sure. uh, between batters and from one ball being put in play to the next one being put in play. there's It's intriguing, Schubert, because I agree with all, everything you've said the last couple of times we've had conversations that were somewhat in this realm that it's just the overall nature of the game. But it does sound as if some things have changed over the course of the last decade that have led to a pace of play that has slowed down quite a bit.
1: Let me read you you these statistics, and then we can get into the conversation uh, about this. Last season, it took an average, and this is all from the Tom Verducci story, three hours and seven minutes to play a nine-inning game, despite fewer hits per game than any season except the, the 1968 season or in the early 1900s, 1906 to 1909. Just since 2011, the players have taken 2.6 seconds more between pitches, which has added 13 plus minutes of dead time to the game. They're also putting the ball in play on only 15.8% of pitches. That's down from 18.3% only 10 years ago. And Sean, you add all of that up, it adds to 259 pitches per game without the ball in play up from 239 just 10 years ago and up from 213 from 1988, which is when we started tracking uh, pitch data. In 2011, fans waited on average three minutes and 18 seconds to see a ball put in play. That's the Last way. year, the wait was four minutes.
0: Four minutes between a ball in play. That is an issue. The, the, the problem is that's also the nature of the game. So how do you change it? You know, and, and that's what Major League Baseball has toyed with over the course of the last what six, seven, eight years now, where they've tried out the pitch clock and you know trying trying this and that to speed up the game, the pace of play. See, for me, it's not the length of the game, and I think this is something that they point out in the article, Schubert. Um, it's not. I've always said this. It's not the length of the game. The investment of time is not the problem. Just go look at NFL, college football. You know, college football in general, especially. And those a lot of those games plus are hour games. four you hours. You don't have dude. worked those games. Yeah. Those games are long. They are. So it's not an investment of time. The pace of play, our attention spans in today's day and age. It's not for everybody. I,
1: I'm afraid to say this. I know. But that's I why I set say. you up.
0: That's why I set you up. It's not for everybody.
1: Rob Manford, close your ears. Because I know you can't say this out loud, but this is the truth of the matter. And it pains me to say this, Sean. I got the baseball in my hand, I've had it in my hand the whole show. Baseball has become a niche sport, it just has. It is not this this ever growing, ever expanding sport that it maybe used to be. There's a grand old game, Schubert.
0: It's, it's America's game.
1: There are a couple of reasons for that. And I wanna make one thing very clear. I appreciate Rob Manford and Major League Baseball attempting to alter the game in a way to try to engage new fans because it could be very easy to just stick to sit back To just be like, nope, this is the way our game is. I appreciate the effort to try to reinvent the game. Right? It's what we praise Adam Silver for, basically, on a yearly basis. Oh, best commissioner of all the sports, constantly trying to be innovative. I appreciate the effort from Angel League Baseball bringing in a guy like Theo Epstein to kind of oversee this and try to come up with all of these different scenarios. I just don't think any of these are going to work because ultimately, Sean, what it boils down to for me, I'll ask you, you're casual baseball guy. You were, you. you, We talked in the pre-show. 10 15 years ago, you could name a whole bunch of guys that were playing baseball right now. The game has changed. Let me ask you this, Sean. They banned the shift. You going to turn on a game on a regular basis? No. The banning of the shift. They put a pitch clock. To, you they put a pitch clock to try to speed things up. Is that going to bring you back to the game? No. No. You know I, what's going to bring you back to the game, Sean? Fun. Star, star power. Yeah, fun. fun. Mm-hmm. And, and and instead of maybe banning the shift or adding a pitch clock, maybe, just maybe, and this is a thought, and I'm going to sound like a broken record on this, I understand, but maybe, just maybe, when a guy hits a home run in a really big spot to give his team the lead or to win his team a game, and he maybe has a little bit of excitement and a little bit of energy, and he launches the bat to outer space and it lands on Mars, we don't freak out the next day and say oh how disrespectful this is to the game and all this player just showing disrespect to the pitcher maybe instead we embrace that part of the game. We embrace the fun. We embrace the excitement. We embrace the, the energy. We embrace the creativity. We embrace these star players and not make them sound like robots. We embrace a guy like a Fernando Tatis Jr. We embrace a Ronald Acuna. We, we embrace and, and, and embolden Mike Trout and Bryce Harper to be stars. We, we, we push these guys. We try to make star power instead of when they do something that maybe is against the old guard of baseball, we try to write these guys off. To me, that's the biggest hurdle in baseball's way, not the fact that maybe six, seven times a game, I have to look at four infielders on the right side with a shift.
0: Well, and you know who, you know who's in the way of that? You. Guys like you. Traduc- me? No, well, I'm not saying you because you're the one who's, who's pounding the table right now for the ability for players to use their personalities and have fun and bat flip and do everything else. But you, in terms of hardcore baseball guy, you guys are the ones that are in the way. You, The hardcore media, the baseball media is... I'm, I'm going to throw, throw this out there. going to upset some people that are close friends of mine. But baseball media can be some of the most uppity people in our industry. They can. And, I, and I it's, don't disagree And with that. And, and the... the, the the you know, the guardians of the sport, if you will, is a role that they feel they have to take on. And when Fernando Tatis Jr. bat flips and, you know, enjoys his way around the plate, around the bases, I should say, after he just launched one four hundred and fifty feet, they're the ones that are so quick to be like, Oh, it's a disgrace to the game. And by the way, so I'm not you trying to pair Fernando Tatis
1: Jr. I brought him up because he's, he's one of the, the brighter hope. stars in the game. Just, he's just the signed hope, a big Schubert. contract. Right. Yes.
0: Right. And that's why he that's why he's, he's the, the hope. example. He's a that young I bring dude up, right? with some swag who's got who has some personality and some fun and can who's be fun. somebody. Right. He's the exactly. hope. It, 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 right. And and, and 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 I just I, I've never understood
1: why we don't embrace those things. Because you like Sean in the, in the National Football League, right? And this mm-hmm. is gonna this is gonna pain you. This is I'm, I'm sorry that I have to bring this Don't up. To
0: attack my sport,
1: but we, but we embrace Patrick Mahomes. We embrace the fun of that course. is Patrick Mahomes yeah. on a weekly basis. Of course, right? we 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 raise him up as this is our big star in the game.
0: The league Baseball just do that. the league just approved team celebrations in the end zones and encourage it. And they put a damn camera on nationally televised games in the end zone, encouraging the team to go down there and basically show up the opponent by, by you know, posing in front of this camera in the end zone now. That's the difference. That's the difference. The game is fun. and you also don't game have, is fun. And you also don't have four minutes between something happening. For instance, if I'm trying to introduce the sport to my kid, you know, let's say you have a kid, you're trying to introduce him to a sport. So you're trying to, mm-hmm. A, teach him all the rules but he you know they're sitting there watching this game and there's nothing essentially happening for 4 minutes for 4 minutes good luck in today's tech, today's a day and age when the the kid also has his cell phone there and all and tell if you take him to a game all the different big you know TVs and boards going on around the stadium and the LED lights and everything you're keeping his attention no it's not so it, i think there's a lot to it man inherently the game is slow uh yes. this just by nature. It's the way that it is. Just by nature. They've they have uh, frowned upon fun for decades. And in today's culture, it it's it's hard to find a way to make it fit. You and I were looking at some like trivia type things before the show started for baseball. We, we, and we were looking yes. at stuff from the eighties and I went, oh boom, 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 boom. We and we looked at some stuff from the mid 90s. I'm like, oh boo, I love these guys. They're, I named off the entire list. You break one yeah. out from today. Nope, I can't do it. And that's not because that's not because of this shift. that's no, it's not, not because pitchers it's are not. taking longer in between pitches. It's not culture. That's has the changed. crux of this issue. We have changed as people. Culture has changed. The sport has not. It has not kept up, and it doesn't lend its way to today's fast-paced mindset. And it's. I think you're right. It's a niche. It's a niche sport. That's a great way to. That's, it, that's first, the other part of the, it too. You, first you, you time have to I've heard somebody that. say that. It's the first time I've heard somebody say that, and it's 100 percent right. It's still a big four, right? It, it, It'll always be a big four, but yes. it's very... Yes. Hockey's that way too here in the Valley.
1: And, but you know what? Hockey has embraced that that idea and that culture, and it it has grown because of it. It's back on... By the way, it's back on ESPN. Mm-hmm. So it, it's doing pretty well for itself. And, and to me, that's... As we sit here a week out of you know the, the league beginning, the new season beginning, and we're having this conversation once again, it feels to me that it's just a misguided conversation. Just feels like it's misguided to me, and that w- instead of trying to alter the rules of the game, how about you just embrace the guys that you have that could make it a, a fun game? Embrace that star power. Home run derby's fun every year because guys get to show that emotion, they get to show and be expressive and have fun. It's one of the, b- the best parts of the MLB calendar. How about we take that? And we apply it to the whole hundred and sixty-two game season. Well, they Would kinda nice.
0: have with the way the game is played, it's home runner strikeout. So it's kinda like a home run derby now. Yeah, but then but then guys hit home runs games. and
1: they're not allowed to do anything. They're not allowed to celebrate.
0: <laughs> it's 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 so backwards. Can't show them up it's, you're it's gonna catch one in the back backwards. the next time. So yeah, that, that's, that's so there's there's multiple people that gotta get out of their own damn way. You not you, but you know, you as the die hard baseball guy, you're not a keeper of the guard like like a lot of baseball fans can be. Um but you know, traditional baseball guys who frown upon, you know, a bat flip here or a celebration there. Get the hell out of the way. And then if a dude does have fun rounding the bases, don't plunk him in the back the next time he walks up to the plate. Yes. So the I game's got to get out of its own damn way. Percent. It's got to get out of its own damn way. Have some fun. Man,
1: did, that you, hear gonna that do the, it did you hear here.
0: the 49ers traded up to three? Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. That is going to do it for us here. On the Friday edition, a very crazy Friday edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. We'll be back Sunday, Noble Live on your Facebook uh, feed. Probably more of this to get into more of this NFL uh, draft and trade rumors discussion to be had.
0: 75%. Uh, That's the odds for Jimmy G to still be a 49er by the time we do our live show on Sunday. 75%. There's can, a 25% chance can, of his ass right back in New England.
1: You can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at S-Crespin02. Like I said, we will be back Sunday. Our Facebook page, Noble Live, will tweet it out. You'll be able to join a 75% chance that Jimmy Garoppolo is still the starting quarterback at the 49ers when we do that show. You'll have to tune in to see if we're right. We'll talk to you then.